Welcome to I'm Not Lost Travel Podcast. I'm Dan, and I have a special guest today. My mom's here today to talk with me and you about our trip to Morocco. Mom, say hi. Hi. So we're going to start off with some basic facts about Morocco and kind of tell tell you guys about our trip that we took there. We Well, before we get to that, I want to tell you just some basic facts. Morocco, the capital city, is Rabat. However, the largest city in the country is Casablanca. We went to both on this trip, and we'll talk about those. The official languages are Arabic and Berber, and the unofficial languages would be French and English. We heard all of the above, probably mostly Arabic and French when we were there. The last thing also is the population is about 33 million, so it's pretty pretty big country as far as number of people there. But as soon as you get outside the cities, it's quite rural, so you get a little bit of both in that. To start off about our trip, what we can talk about. Oh, and it's also a Muslim country, so we saw that practice a lot. We heard the call to prayer every day, and we saw people, you know, praying throughout the day, and also. You know, you'll notice it in how people dress as well. A couple of basic things before we get to our trip. Did you need a visa to enter the country? We did not need a visa to enter the country. For those of you from the USA, if you're staying less than, I believe, 90 days, you do not need a visa. We just got it upon arrival and didn't cost anything. So that made it really nice. A quick overview of the cities that we visited on our trip. If you happen to be going to any of these cities or are thinking about it, the ones that we visited were Rabat to start. Well, excuse me, we landed in Casablanca. We went to Rabat, then Fez. After Fez, we went to a town called Urfud. Rasani. Warwazat. After Warwazat, we made our way to Marrakesh. And then finally ended up back in Casablanca to fly home. So that was the cities that we visited on this trip. Couple more basics. Did they take the US dollar there? No, we had to change our money to Moroccan dirhams. And we were able to do that as soon as we landed at the airport, but also you'll see other places in town to change your money. I would try and change it at the airport though. Um, the rate probably isn't great, but some of the places in the Medina also wouldn't be that favorable to the exchange rate. Let's see. So as we started with our trip here, we'll get to some of the the basics as far as um, you know how we got around and you know some of the things that we liked about the trip. But just to get started, we'll just start off with some basics to see if it's a country that you would like to maybe visit. When we went, it was March, end of March, early April. So let's touch on the weather first. The weather overall was, would you say, mild, Mom? I think so. We had maybe some uh, coats, light coats for the evening, but during the day we were able to get by with just long sleeve. I had an arm, Under Armour shirt and some sweatpants, and uh, it did rain a couple of days, so make sure you bring an umbrella or at least a raincoat. Um, the only difference, I guess, you are kind of by the um, the ocean, so you get a nice cool breeze, and then if you go out in the desert for a desert tour, it's going to be a lot hotter, but it wasn't as too hot on the even in the desert, wasn't it, Mom? No, it was fine in the desert. Wasn't bad at all. So that was nice. Culturally, though, you probably will want to make sure you're dressed and cover your shoulders for the women and cover your legs as well for both men and women. Um, and if you go to any of the mosques, you want to make sure that you have that. Most will let you rent a some kind of wrap or cover-up or let you borrow one, but might as well bring one with you to be prepared. 
And as far as costs for this country, if it was cheap or expensive, what do you think, Mom? Did you find it expensive or cheap or in between? No, I thought it was very low in cost. You know, if you were moderate in what you were choosing to eat, for example, I ate a lot of tagine, and I thought that was very reasonably priced. I would say, wouldn't you, that that was around $7 for a tagine, and, or if you just wanted a, a large bowl of, of soup? Yeah, I would say it was much, I'd say $7 would get you an entire meal with your drink, your food, and, you know, a side even. Um, you can even do it cheaper. I think about $3 is what I was paying for some of my lunches for a full nice lunch at a, at a little cafe. Um, and wasn't too many places we saw selling beer because it is Islamic, but you can get, you know, a tea for 60 cents, maybe a dollar at a really nice cafe if you just wanted an excuse to sit down. Um, hotels, relatively cheap if you just did a moderate hotel. Uh, and it's sa same as, um, you know, I guess taxis were a little bit more expensive as we didn't see Uber, but I think they did have Kareem, which is a popular app. No, we did use Uber, excuse me. They, they had Uber there as well. So some, some different ways to get around when you're there. But overall, I would say it's, I'd say medium to low cost country to visit. How about the food? Did you find their food good, Mom? I really did. I didn't eat any meat. Um, again, I was having more soups and tagine. And I thought that the spices in them were just really, really good. I don't like spicy foods, and I didn't find it spicy at all. That's right. And I found it very tasty myself. All new foods to me. I'd never had a tagine. I've had couscous before and hummus and things like that. And that's kind of the, some of the things we saw. Lots of olives and Mediterranean style food, but their tagine is their most famous that we noticed. And as far as vegetarians out there, there is plenty of vegetarian options. The tagine tends to be, you know, what, what would you say? Eggplant. Mm -hmm. And what else is in it? potatoes, um, we saw peas and carrots, cauliflower seemed to, cauliflower and eggplant seemed to be very, very popular and common in that country. But yeah, so lots of vegetarian options there and meat eaters never have any problems, so don't worry. Um, and if there, now let's get to some of the cities that we went to. So we started off, as we mentioned, we landed, we went from USA to Paris and Paris to Casablanca where we landed. As soon as we landed, we transferred to a bus. And when we got in the bus, we took that bus all the way to the capital city of Rabat where we were going to start our tour for the day. And we probably got there about 6 PM. So we kind of, the hotels usually will greet you with some uh, Moroccan mint tea as you arrive at your hotel and they will uh, see you to your room and this was a quite a nice hotel in the downtown area of Rabat and it was being that it was dinner time rather than eat the boring hotel food we set out to find and we ended up finding a really good local spot maybe oh five minute walk away and I think it was almost like nine at night but there was a really good spot what did we have that night mom? Tajine. My mom loves that stuff now. So we had a really good, and we maybe paid, I think that was the most expensive meal of our trip, and maybe that was 7 or $8, but that was a really nice one. So after that, we went to bed nice and tired, and we got up the next morning to tour around Rabat, 
It is Morocco's capital, so there is quite a bit of activity there. Um, it's the second largest city in the country. Rabat actually means fortified place. Um, and you'll see all the fine architecture. You'd see all kinds of just beautiful stuff around the city um, and different uh, styles of architecture as well. We started off, we took a, a short trip over to the Royal Palace. Um, and at the Royal Palace, the prince was there that day or they thought he was there that day, so they said you're not allowed to take any photos of the palace, but you're able to see it from the outside. It is quite large. There's guards around it, and I'm sure very beautiful inside. After that, we went over to the ancient ruins of Chala, and this is a city that traces its origins to the Carth, uh, the Carth, I'll probably get it wrong, but Carthaginians and the Phoenicians, and that's a neat little walk around. Maybe it takes you 30 minutes to walk around, and one thing we noticed was they had, uh, what were those big, huge monster birds called? Storks. Storks. Tell them about the nests, Mom. The nests are incredibly large. When you first see them, you can't believe what it is. And uh, after asking, we were told that that was stork nests, and you see them everywhere, especially out in the countryside. You'll see them on the, top, on the rooftop, You'll see them attached to a high line uh, wire. They're, they're very predominant in that country. And again, the size of the stork is, is enormous and the, the nests are incredibly large. They're very big. You'll see them, like I said, if you go to the ruins of Chella, they're all around. And Chella is pretty neat. It's, I mean, it, it really is ruined, so there's not too much left at this one. That's why I can't say it was outstanding. Um, but it's pretty neat to walk around, and it's close by the city center. You could probably even walk there if you wanted to. After that, we went to the Udaya Kasbah and the Hassan Tower. The Hassan Tower is a really neat little area where you can wander around. Um, and you'll see, I believe it's the... Was someone buried in there where the guards were watching I over? I so, but I can't recall. And, who of course, we can't remember who was buried in there, but it's really neat. They have the guard on duty outside in full regalia watching over it. And this was, a, you know, again, a short short visit to Rabat. Um, but neat city. I'm not sure it was um, the most interesting city on our trip, um, but it is the capital, and it is one you'll probably swing through if you make a trip around Morocco. The next city we went to was Fez. So the next morning we woke up, we got on a bus and we took that bus all the way to Fez. But en route, it's quite a few hours away. I would say top of my head again, I don't have my notes, but maybe about four hours away. And we stopped in a city on the way, a Roman city of Volubulus, which was um, some pretty grand ancient Roman ruins. And they're really well-preserved mosaics, and I think that's what it's mostly known for. There's a really neat, um, I guess, you know, what was that area where you'd sit out and maybe they'd have speakers and things like that? Like um, a forum. Yeah, like a forum, like an old Roman forum. And there, that's pretty well-preserved, and you can follow this route through the preserved city um, walls that are still there, and really pretty mosaics, again, with all the colors and all the... The tiles still there that you can see the full mosaics. They've somehow um, kept there and kept in good shape. So that was the city of Volubilis. After that, we went, you know, kind of took the bus and you go through a lot of Moroccan countryside and rural areas. We did a quick pit stop 
near the city of Moule Idris, and that's kind of a holy city to Moroccans. And we just we didn't actually get to explore the city, although I've heard there's you know a good walk around that city. It's a small one, but um, neat to to just wander through. So we're just able to stop on the road and take a photo. Um, and then after we got to Fez, we kind of, as you're coming in, you're able to see it as you're driving in this huge Medina that you'll end up getting to go see. So we are able to take a quick stop and, and kind of see that. So, um, that, but took most of our day. And when we got there, one of the perks we signed up for was to have a dinner with a local family. And that was really interesting, not only to see, you know, the inside of a local family's home, but also to taste their local food. What did you think of the dinner with the local family? It was lovely. Um, the wife had spent all day cooking and baking, and she had employed an assistant to come in and help her with the cooking and the baking, and their teenage daughter um, helped serve the meal at night, as well as the, the father. And I believe the father worked for the government in perhaps a human uh, public relations position. So they would come around and visit with you at, at the various tables to tell you about the culture and uh, tell you more about the foods that they had prepared for us. Yeah, I would highly recommend that. It's a little, maybe, you know, you'd be joining other tourists doing it, but it's something that we enjoyed and recommended. And again, just even for the food, it was just a home-cooked, delicious meal. And of course, they had both a meat and a non-meat option for the tagines that they served, as well as all the variety of sweets at the end. Um, the next morning, we started off pretty early. We stayed in a, a nice area of town, not too far from the Medina, the famous Medina. And pretty much uh, all the people will scare you into getting on a tour just because it, it can be a hassle to navigate through there yourselves. If you look through the guidebook, you'll see everyone recommends getting a tour guide. But we thought we'd try it on our own. We, we could get up when we wanted to. We didn't have to get up early and get it at a certain time. And you also aren't stuck getting, you know, we wanted to avoid going to all the shops that we didn't want to look at, such as carpets. So we started the day and we walked all the way from our hotel in the new part of town all the way down to the old part of town. And we stopped at the old palace, took a look at that. That is now a really nice hotel. I think a, the five-star, one of the nicest hotels in the world. You'll see it on that show on Netflix, actually, called Nicest Hotels in the World. And then from there, uh, we went, walked all the way to the old town. Before we could get there, though, we met a guy and he... Uh, asked us if we wanted a quick city tour around the, you know, do a lap around the city basically in his truck. Well, took us up to this high part of the hill. We're able to see a gorgeous view of the entire Medina, and it looks huge from up there. Just an immense town that you could easily tell you could get lost in. Uh, of course, he had a brother who happened to have the day off who would just love to show us around. And next thing you know, we now had a, a guide that we didn't really want to have. But it wasn't a formal tour, and, you know, he I forget what he even asked for it. But I think the entire day of him showing us around was maybe $25. So wasn't a ton of money, but he, and he did show us some cool stuff. However, just know that you're going to end up getting taken to a couple places you don't want to go to, such as some of those shops that we tried to avoid. But some of the highlights, you will get to go by the oldest university in the world, oldest operating university in the world, 
University of El Carawin. Uh, kind of neat to see this old, old university that's still in use, still see people coming and going from it, and it's in the middle of the Medina. Uh, another highlight for us was the tanneries. Uh, as disgusting as that is with the smells and just with the sights of all the leather goods, it is a, a sight to behold, seeing all the different colors. And um, what do you think about the tannery, Mom? Well, one of the things that I thought was unusual because of the uh, odors affiliated with the tannery is that as you enter the tannery, they have a box of, of uh, mint. And um, you're to put your hand in the box and get a handful of mint and put it under your nose to kind of cover the odors. One of the interesting things when you're high up on the, the roof of a building, you can look across at the next building and you actually see huge vats of colors that they apparently dip the leather into. So it's quite interesting to see it from that perspective. One of the things I remember about the tannery is that on the way up to the rooftop of a building, there was a little cardboard box and I looked inside and there was the skin of a, of a sheep probably lying in there with a, with a little nest of baby kittens. And I said, where's the mother? And the young boy said, oh, the mom went out for lunch. She's mm. not here right now. Mm. Yeah, I remember seeing those little kittens and they found a nice little place to stay warm in that box. And, you know, as, we, as you leave, of course, you must exit <coughs> through the excuse me, through the room that sells all the leather goods that you'll now have to walk past and get asked if you want to buy. However, this place that we went, the guy was really nice. And we said, you know, I'm, I don't buy leather goods anyways. So I, you know, he was really cool about it and let us walk right through. Um, for all these places though, just a side note, you want to make sure that you're able to do steps because all these buildings, even the cafes usually have three floors and they're very steep steps, like maybe five steps. And then you, cut five steps, cut five steps. I mean, that's how quick and, uh, and I guess you'd say, uh, drastic the stairs are. So quite big steps. You wouldn't want to take a turn and fall down them there. That's for sure. So after we left there, we continue walking. We saw the Najarene fountains and we decided to just have a quick stop off everywhere you look, you'll stop off. And there's tons and tons of cafes all over Morocco where you can sit and have some of that famous Moroccan mint tea. And it's quite good, I must add. Um, we continued on from there. And this is, you know, where everyone is, the guy who was leading us that day, then he wants, the couple things they're famous for pushing on you. One is going to be the carpets. They took us to the carpet guy and, oh boy, do they roll out every carpet you could ever imagine. Don't even say you like a certain color. You'll have 20 of that color found and laid out and you feel awful as they lay these all out for all the work to put them all back but that's a hard sell you'll be definitely in who knows what's real who knows what's antique who knows what's made from the berbers as they say out in the countryside and who knows what's made in a factory gorgeous stuff but gosh some of the prices are i mean what were they off some of them are like five thousand dollars right i mean just crazy and all and then next thing you know they'll have some for 15 if you keep saying you don't want them so just know you'll probably get sold on that at some point. We were the only ones in there and it was a slow day. So they put a, you know, not the hard sell, but they put a lot out and we just kept saying no and we're no thanks. And we were end up out of there in 20 minutes, but they give you a tea as they try and sell it to you. So that's nice. Next thing you're going to get sold on is what is, what else did they try and sell us on that spice? Mm -hmm. 
What was it? I'm trying to... It, what, I, it was the... Easily turmeric. Nope. Spice, maybe? No, it was the one that was red. Remember, he took us and he tried to tell this is the real deal. The second thing you'll find that they're trying to sell you on is the saffron in addition to the carpets. Um, the saffron, while it, you know, started at, you wanted $25 for it, and then eventually when you don't want it, you don't want it, it's down to five. I'm sure it was fine saffron. However, we just weren't in the market, and I didn't know, you know what was good and what was fake and who knows. So we eventually made our way out of the saffron and then the final thing we did with our guide was he invited us to his house which you know he said oh my kids are at school if you want to come by for tea that would be lovely i'd love to show you my home we were kind of you know as a tourist you're wondering what's the catch here but truly went to his house and he had a gorgeous gorgeous uh home with the inside with the light coming from above and i think his entire family all generations brothers sisters lived in it his sister was home and he asked her if she'd cook up some boil some tea for us some moroccan mint green tea or moroccan tea i should say mint tea and sure did and we sat and just enjoyed some tea with him and talking telling stories with him and after a while he just saw us to the door and he went i think and picked up his kid for the day and we went on our own and as we left we one thing we would advise is it's very easy to get lost and that's why most people will get a guide in the Fez Medina, but just follow downwards. If you follow downwards, if it goes left, right, straight, backwards, look for the one going down and you'll eventually make your way out. We made our way all the way to the area where there's, I guess you'd call them kind of steel workers or may, I mean, it was copper, not steel, but just using metal, metal smiths, I guess is the word I'm looking for, banging out pots and pans and holding them over the fire. We grabbed a nice little cafe there and sat and watched them and just had a tea and uh, need a little caffeine fix since we were so tired from walking. I had a Diet Coke as well. And then we made our way just outside of there to the square that if you keep going downwards, you'll end up at a big square where it seems like 300 locals are hanging out. We just kind of hung out there, got some, I think, popcorn or something, some snacks, and just sat and watched everyone. And everyone has a nice smile to share, and there's kids playing in the square. And it was just a nice, nice time. Um, after that, we walked back to our hotel, which was in the new town, new part of town, so new Fez, I guess you'd say. And we had a really nice hotel with a pool that a little too cold to swim in at the time since it was outdoors. Um, but there was some, you know, two nightclubs, I think, in that part of town that we saw. Some, a lot of locals, almost all locals at it. And then there was a uh, hookah bar, too, nearby. But otherwise, no, not, again, keeping with Morocco that we saw, there wasn't a ton of nightlife, um, not much drinking. Um, but the hookah bars were quite common. So you'll see that as well if you're looking for a little bit of nightlife in Fez. And then the next morning, we ended up making our way on a bus to... A destination was Urfud, but en route, you'll start to pass some different climates and cedar woods and just start to look a little bit different as you're going up into the mountains and you'll pass through the middle Atlas Mountains. The Atlas Mountains are the famous mountains in Morocco. And while you're going through the middle Atlas, you'll see a town called Ifrain. And it's a really a charming ski resort town, and it's modeled on a, a Swiss ski resort. Or And I believe when the French were occupying 
um, or, you know, they were in Morocco. They created it for their soldiers and officers to kind of have an escape from the city. And it sure is a little charming town. And we were there again in late March, early April, and still with some snow on the ground. And my mom likes to tell a little quick story about how she met such a nice local there while she was uh, in, in the store. I happened to enter the ladies' restroom, and um, it was quite chilly that morning. So the washwoman, who's in charge of keeping the bathroom clean, was seated at a table with a, a scarf wrapped around her head, neck, and shoulders, and a blanket across her lap. So when I entered the ladies' restroom, I said, oh, you must be really cold today. And I pointed to her scarf and her blanket. And I said, and your scarf is very pretty. So I happened to be the last um, person to leave the lady's bathroom. And as I approached the lady to put money in her bowl, she stood up and took her scarf off and wrapped it around my head and shoulders. Um, she didn't speak any English and I didn't speak any Moroccan, but it was such a touching thing that a lady who was probably the poorest of the poor wanted to give me a gift of her scarf. And I have to tell you, things like that really touch you, and that will be a scarf that I will treasure forever. Yeah, very nice people in Morocco. You'll um, no doubt find that if you travel there. So really nice little town. And as she was making her way into the restaurants and the cafes, I was wandering outside and there was charming little lakes and chalets all around. And if I'm not mistaken, there was a very, very nice college there, university. And so a lot of wealthy kids, um, college students were in the town as well. And during the ski season, obviously it fills up with people who are enjoying the snow. And in the summer, I think it's just a nice, cool getaway from the hot, crowded city, um, and, you know, in other cities, just a little nice getaway. So we made our way eventually from there to Erfud. And on our way to Erfud, we went through a town called, and I'm going to probably butcher this when I say it, but it's called, I believe, Erachidia. And I'm, again, not pronouncing that correctly, but... Um, Erechidea is the best I can probably do for now, but it was really pretty, um, gorgeous scenery. I think that's actually where they filmed The Hills Have Eyes, or at least that's what someone told us when we were headed there. So if you can imagine the landscape in The Hills Have Eyes, I believe that was supposed to be New Mexico. So it kind of looked like New Mexico with a big lake right there and just a really pretty area. And next thing you know, we are at our destination in Erfud. And there in Erfud, you'll see we stayed at a really cool hotel that was modeled after an old Casbah. However, this was a newer hotel, really unique, really funky. And as you walk in, they're playing the um, traditional Moroccan instruments and they're dancing and they have Moroccan mint tea waiting for you and get you your keys to your room and just go past this amazing swimming pool we had with a little bit of a waterfall. And it's just like an oasis out in the desert. And our room was super funky. I'll have to link the name of the hotel in our blog because we would highly recommend the hotel. Good buffet food. Um, they had a bar actually, a little pricey because it was, uh, again, alcohol is not as common there. And it was a uh, middle of nowhere basically. So it's kind of the only, I wanted to go for a walk as I like to do and explore. And there was literally nothing right, nothing left. Um, so I turned around and went back to the hotel for the night as they had dancing and music 
for all the hotel guests at least. The next morning, we went to a city called Rasani. Um, it was a really small city right on the edge of the Sahara Desert. Um, we, they kind of, the bus took us to a fossil factory where we kind of learned about the area is known for all the fossils that they found digging in in that actual area, and it's quite famous. Um, the fossils can actually were relatively cheap. Um, the big ones were insanely expensive, but some of the small ones you could take home for five dollars. Little um, like fish that were fossilized and things. So a couple good souvenirs you could grab there. Afterwards, we went to a, a town not too far from there, where we were able to go to a local market. And the local market was really interesting. It was uh, they had a goat market on that certain day, so we saw. Uh, unfortunately, all the goats who are going to meet their uh, ultimate fate. But just to see the locals haggling in a real local market where we stood out like a sore thumb as as Westerners there. Um, but it was really neat to see that market. Um, I think people kind of didn't notice. They noticed us, but they kept about their businesses. They had a lot to do that day, I could tell. So highly recommend that market. And then we started our tour of the desert. We wanted to do a camel sunset ride and um, make our way to the Sahara. Basically, we were going to do the the kind of, the, if you've been to Dubai, the wadi bashing. Um, so we started off with a nice trip. They picked us up at our hotel and our food, and I believe it was actually tour company connected with our hotel. And again, I'll link to that in the, sh- in the blog. But they took us all the way out to the desert, maybe about 30, 45 minutes out into a, basically it literally was an old oasis. And they have tents set up and a nice buffet meal. And again, middle of nowhere. But how did you think that meal was out there, the buffet? Everybody raved about it. And a lot of people said that was a high point, one of the high points in the trip for them that they really enjoyed it. There were so many different food choices and different types of fruits and vegetables for us to experience. It truly was a a lunch at an oasis. Yes, and you got to pick your uh, choice of drink, um, cold drink, hot tea, um, and again, vegetarian meals were pretty good too. So, and some fruit as well. Uh, after relaxing there, you get back into your caravan. Um, we had a Toyota Land Cruiser, I believe maybe five extra people with us in it. And you make your way through the desert in a caravan. And along the way, what we found one of the highlights was in addition to seeing wild camels that you'll see out there and some donkeys, there's actually Berber nomads. And uh, our guide for the day took us over to, you know, meet a local family. And it was the mom and the two children. And it's literally just in a tent that they had. And, you know, some goat bladders for water, storing their water, and just the cutest kids. And they don't go to school. They don't, you know, nothing formal. They just, they're nomads. And they come for the season, and then they'll pack up and go wherever, you know, the next um, job or whatever takes them, you know. And I think these were farmers of some type. But super kind, super uh, sweet little children, and that was one of the highlights too, I think, um, was meeting them. Uh, And after that, we were able to hop back into the caravan, and we kept driving through the desert. And it wasn't very much off-roading like uh, wadi bashing in in Dubai, but although we were off-road, it just wasn't going up and down um, for no reason. We ended up up going to something of a... uh, oasis where all the camels were parked and stables and such and from there you'll take a camel maybe a short 15 minute max ride to the very 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 top of the sahara sand dunes where you'll 
be with your person who helped you up there. You may be one person for every two people, every two tourists, and you'll sit and you get to watch the beautiful sunset. And I would have to say that was one of the highlights um, of the trip. What about for you, Mom? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Gorgeous. And there's maybe 50 other tourists up there at the very top from all over the world watching. But it really was that beautiful watching the sunset from up there. Um, and after that, the next day we took a bus to a town called Warwazat. A little hard to, to spell, but um, on, on the way there we went through what's known as the Tadja Canyons. And these things were magnificent. They rise to about, oh, 800 feet just towering on either side of you. Um, I'm not sure. Some, similar to being at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Not as uh, not as wide, I guess, but uh, very beautiful with a creek and all kinds of hikes. And we were just stopping for an hour there. But if you had more time, you could spend you know a day or two just hiking all along there. Just gorgeous and quite a few tourists down there as well. We also continued on. This was the road we were taking to get to Warwazat is famous and known as the Road of a Thousand Kasbahs. And Kasbahs are where people would stop and back in the ancient times and, and rest for the night before they continued on with their journey. Um, and we went through the Dades Valley. And that's famous for its roses. And if you stop at a restroom there, a lot of shops selling rose water, rose perfume, rose soap, rose everything. Uh, they had a yearly rose festival, but we didn't make it during that time. In addition to that, we ended up at our hotel in Warwazat later that evening. Warwazat, if I'm not mistaken, is known for a place. They, right outside of there is one of the biggest solar panels in the world, and it's also a place they're trying to build up the movie theaters. Um, I, When we got to the hotel, my mom was a little tired, so I went out wandering. I found a place to get a massage, and I found I got a nice massage there. Um, it was a hammam, and I didn't really know what that meant until I got in there. She wanted me to go into a little room with no doors and no windows, and I couldn't really breathe because it was so hot. I don't do well with no doors, no windows, small spaces. So I had a little panic attack, and she didn't understand why I wanted the door open and letting the hot steam out. And it was just because I couldn't do it without it because it's, a again, Basically, you're laying on a yoga mat, and uh, she's dumping hot water on you in an already hot, steamy room with no exit except for this teeny little door that I had to crawl through. So if you're claustrophobic like me, you might think twice, but it was a good massage, and she kept the door open so the cool air came in too. I think I paid $20 with tip for that, so it was a good deal. And then we just kind of used Warwazat as a place to stay as we continued our drive to Marrakesh. So not a ton to do there in Warwazat, son of a small town. We did stop at a, uh, it's called the Kasbah Taurit, um, built to house like over a hundred people. And it actually was quite impressive. And, uh, I ate Ben Hadou, which is a UNESCO world heritage site. That was really neat as well. My mom didn't want to go up all the steps. So I kind of wandered it while she rested because it is quite steep and lots of steps inside of it in low hanging doorways. So you might hit your head. So be careful. And then we made our way on our road to Marrakesh through the highest road in Morocco. Morocco. It's known as the Tichka Pass. And it's very beautiful um, part of the Atlas Mountain Range. Um, highly recommend it. Take stops if you can. Take some photos and you'll really won't regret it. And then you'll find your way in Marrakesh. And Marrakesh was really beautiful. Um, we started our first day there visiting the Saadian tombs. Those date back to the 16th century um, Saadian royalty. 
that was their final resting place. And you'll see the tombs there, some gorgeous mosaics amongst the courtyard, lots of tourists wandering in and out of there. Um, and I think, you know, it's a good place to start your tour. Um, we went through the Medina, um, just on the edges. We went to the Jewish quarter, um, kind of underwhelming as far as that went. Wasn't a lot of people there anymore, but neat to see that the Jewish quarter used to exist and be thriving. Um, we also went to the Majuro, Majuro Gardens, and also we went to the Eve Eve Saint Laurent Gardens, and that was. What did you like that, Mom? I thought that was just stunning. It wasn't large, but it was um, just big enough that you got a taste of the style of architecture and of all the different plants, and um, it was so cool and refreshing in there because that day was starting to become warm. And it seemed like a, a wonderful oasis or refuge for the day. And, it, and, and as I recall, they had a cafe attached to it where you could stop and have tea or lunch. And it had a wonderful museum attached to it as well as a gift shop. Yeah, it was really nice. I'm not a huge garden lover, but I actually thought it was cool. Cool museum attached. I think we paid... Oh, I don't know, like $10, maybe something around there. It wasn't super cheap, but um, it wasn't bad. And, you know, we went on a weekday. I heard weekends was the line for us was, excuse me, maybe 20 minutes, but I've heard up to an hour on the weekend. It's quite popular. So just know that when you're going there that you may have to wait in a little bit of a line as it's still quite popular. And we took a cab there from the Medina. Um, you probably could walk it. It's just a little bit long, and then we cabbed it back to the Medina. And that's where you'll get into the famous, um, you'll find the famous um, marketplace. We walked from our hotel. Our hotel was um, the was it Novotel, if I'm not mistaken. It was night, right across from the Sofitel. And, um, yeah, we walked there. Gorgeous, easy walk, really nice, fancy part of town we were staying in. And you're maybe 15 minutes, I would say, till you get to the actual Medina. And the, the Medina is one of the highlights, if not the highlights, I think, of the trip, for me at least. There is so much going on there. It's like out of, uh, you know, it's one of those places you'll go and you're like, wow, I'm far from home. There is um, music and street theater and uh, henna tattoo artists and tooth pullers. And, you know, I hate these, but there was monkeys on chains and there was horribly cared for s snakes being um, handled. And there's just everything there in addition to food and people watching. Um, one thing you'll, you'll notice there and a tip that you have is if you think you're going to be sneaky and take photos, you're definitely not because they have an eye out. If you even have your camera out thinking you'll be sneaky, they'll catch you and they'll come up and stop the entire show and have you give them money. So just know if you're there to enjoy the performance, you can. But if you try and take photos or pictures of any kind, you will be accosted for some money. So, and I highly would, you know, avoid getting a picture with those monkeys because think about how those monkeys are kept in a little teeny cage with a chain and a, and a pink tutu on them. And it's pretty depressing as well as the snakes too. I've heard their mouths are sewn shut so they actually won't bite and they're just alive until they starve. So 
pretty depressing and if you can avoid that but really a neat place to sit and listen to all the sights and sounds and smells um, in addition then you can make your way into the medina the medina wasn't as confusing as in fez it, we found it easier more straightforward tons of different areas by by the things you're buying a lot of it's the same stuff scarves trinkets souvenirs um, but you'll see a ton of it so do some good has haggling and you will not be short of places to go shopping um, and lots of little cafes. We found some good ones. I found a vegetarian spot back there. And we sat and just had right along the Medina. You watch people go by, have a tagine and a tea and just enjoy the scenery. Um, but, yeah, I would highly recommend um, Marrakesh. Some people, you'll want to go to Esuaria next, which is a coastal town. But the next place we did was casablanca and that was our last city um in casablanca we drove from marrakesh in a bus and we stopped the first thing we did was went to the corniche and we wanted a, a cold drink and unfortunately the only thing we saw right in front of us was a mcdonald's but it has to be one of the nicest and fanciest mcdonald's i've ever been to they had the ipads for ordering and all kinds of fancy things right on the ocean and then we just wandered the Corniche for a while. Corniche is basically right along the seaside, a walkway, um, you know, and so lots of little shops and restaurants along the Corniche. After that, we made our way to the Hassan the Second Mosque, Hassan the Second, and that was very impressive. Did you enjoy that, Mom? Isn't it the at one point the largest mosque? I believe it was. I think maybe. Yeah, maybe, and we're probably getting this wrong, but maybe someone has upped it since then, but the, it was giant. We heard, uh, we couldn't go, of course, inside the mosque, not being of their faith, but we heard that the floor inside the mosque was actually built over the ocean. So when you walked in there, you could look at the ocean through the glass floor. Yeah, there was a portion in there where he said you can see the the ocean through so that was kind of a neat if you could get inside there to see but it really was amazing and looking at that thing how much money that must have cost i can't even imagine it's a little strange when you see all the poor people that we saw and to see how i mean it had to cost a billion dollars it was so grand um and in addition um we heard the absolute devotion of the king there who is now a billionaire um, but not sure how they square that with all the poverty. However, everyone really liked him, and he seems like he must be doing a good job there. So more power to him. And in addition, after we made our way to the mosque, we wandered down downtown um, um, Casablanca, and I'm kind of forgetting. I think we, again, stayed at a Ibis Hotel um, next to a Best Western and right near the kind of near the train the tram line um and we uh enjoyed where we were at because we were able to walk to some nice shops some back alleys for markets um went to a cafe where there's some street artists playing and we finished off our night at a local restaurant right on the water and it was really nice um, i'm not into seafood as a vegetarian but i know there's really a lot of uh, sea famous for its seafood right there since casablanca was right on the water and we did of course make our way to the beach and it was not the nicest beach, I have to say. It was long and it was kind of a dark sand and um, not a lot of people swimming or laying out, but a lot of people playing soccer and just kind of wandering. And uh, But yeah, we definitely we enjoyed that as well, getting down there. And that was the majority of our trip to Morocco. So a total of 13 days 
we were there and then we departed from Morocco and headed back via Paris and then Paris back to the USA. But overall, I would have to say it was a, a really good country at all times. You know, a couple other things we'd leave you with is if we felt safe at all times in the city, I have to say I would. Um, I felt safe at all times at night walking around in crowded markets. Maybe just hold your bag just because there's so many people. You never know. But I definitely felt safe there. How about you, Mom? I did. I found the people to be just so gentle and so kind. Um and I thought that they were such beautiful people. They were all so handsome and slender and just so gracious. Um, I would definitely recommend Morocco. Um, North Africa is a very exciting and exotic place to be, especially in Morocco with the, the culture and the history. One of the things that stand out other than the lovely people I love their tradition of serving the Moroccan tea where they'd hold the teapot, you know, about uh, level with their, with their head and pour the tea from that distance. It was quite a ritual. And the other thing, when I think about Morocco, um, the guide told us, you know, when we'd see the men seated at their table drinking the Arabic coffee or the Moroccan mint tea, that they were shoofing, they were people watching, and they were visiting with their friends. And so I like that expression to watch the men shoofing. Yes, shoof. To shoof means to look. So these people were looking, as it translates in English. So they spend the day just sitting, looking, and drinking. And I have to say, I like all those. I call it people watching. But I'll sit and have tea and just people watch. And they do it, and they do it well. They made it an art form. Um, a couple more quick things. Um, taxis are prevalent. You can easily grab a taxi. I think you're going to have to bargain with him as far as setting a fare because the meters weren't always on. I wouldn't rent a car in this city. It's uh, crowded as far as um, in the city, but getting to each city wouldn't be bad because you're going on mountain roads and they're all really well um, maintained. Um, I wouldn't say it's a bikeable city. We didn't see many bikes at all. Um, walkable. Yeah, it's very walkable if you get to the safe center of the city, especially the Medinas. Um, I wouldn't ride a motorbike either. We didn't see many motorbikes for rent as far as scooters and such like in Asia. Nightlife. I definitely didn't see a nightlife. I know Marrakesh has quite a good nightlife scene. Fancy, very expensive, um, nightclubs, uh, very rich people. We saw some people from the middle East and Dubai there. Um, but otherwise not much nightlife that we ran into, um, I know Casablanca, though, Fez has a little bit, um, but Marrakesh we saw quite a bit. Just it's not known for its nightlife, I should say. Shopping, tons of shopping. Don't even worry about it. Tons of tourist shopping all in every one of the cities and all the medinas, and they will all haggle with you. Um, what surprised me the most was just how friendly everyone was. I'd have to say is number one. Number two is how much French they speak. I'd say that's the second language of the country versus English. So Arabic first, French second. But almost everything was written in French or Arabic. Um, so you pr brush up on your French. If we went back, maybe we would do, I think, um, Esuaria. And uh, maybe go to the north to Tangiers where they speak Spanish. That would be quite interesting. And I think that's the only thing we would do different if we went again. Um, and as far as scams go, scams you'll run into are the carpets. They will have old ones that they, if you watch Scam City, which is a fun show to watch, um, to learn about what they might do. 
They will rough them up. They will put them in the dryer. They'll sprinkle bleach on them to make them look old and used and tell you they're antiques. Um, So carpets and also the, um, you know, if you sometimes will take a tour and someone will uh, take you to every shop of his friends and it'll be a nightmare tour. You'll be stuck going into all these places you have no interest in going to and you're paying the guy to do it. So be careful with the person that you do and just be up front. Say, I do not want to go to any carpet stores or any, you know, ceramic stores. I just want to be shown the highlights and be very clear up front and he should do it. If not, just protest and uh, continue on and, you know, you pay him at the end. So he should know that. And the other scam would be, you know, other things like, you know, um, saffron and things like that that they'll try and sell you. Overall, a great city. Um, my mom mentioned her most memorable person was the nice lady who gave her the scarf off her back, um, work in the restroom. And, um, we met so many people throughout the trip that we enjoyed. And I would definitely go back to this country. How about you, mom? Definitely. It's one of my very most favorite countries that I've visited because of the charming people. Well, that right there should tell you it's a great place to go. So consider going here, and I hope you, uh, if you do, you know, this came in handy for you, and safe travels to you if you do. Uh, Thank you for listening, and don't forget, we'll have a new podcast up pretty soon. Thanks, have a great night, and safe travels.